Welcome to the DE Talk podcast. Tune in for dialogue between HR experts to amp up your HR strategies. Don't worry, we'll mix in a few laughs as we know you need it. Hi there, I'm Jennifer Polster, and you're listening to another episode of the DE Podcast. Some studies suggest that in most workplaces, people spend around 80% of their time focused on fixing weaknesses and only 20% of their time trying to build upon strengths. But as we continue to learn more about how people and organizations are wired to perform at their best, the recommendation is that we should be trying to reverse this equation and focus far more of our energy and effort on doing what we each do best. Enter the Strength Finder Assessment, which focuses on identifying your strengths and playing to those strengths to achieve your greatest potential in the workplace. Let's face it, 2020 was the year the world basically took a pause. But we're in 2021, and this offers us the ability to reset and start with a new mindset focused on both professional and personal development for the coming year. Today, I am happy to welcome Jody Curtis from Purple Link to the DE Podcast to discuss how to identify and harness your strengths using Clip Strengths assessment tools. Jody is the founder of Purple Ink and the Ink Pad. She is also author of Joy Powered, Intentionally Creating an Inspired Workplace. And she is co-author of The Joy Powered Family and The Joy Powered Team. Jody has a passion for helping organizations and individuals discover their talent and do more of what they do well. And will soon debut her course in our DE Academy. So welcome to the DE Podcast, Jody. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. Great. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. So, I mean, I have seen you speak on multiple occasions, and we've chatted quite a bit. But for our listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, can you share a little bit about your background and what led you to create Purple Ink? Yes. So, interestingly, as an HR consultant now, I actually started my career as a CPA. So, I worked as an auditor for my first nine years out of college and ended up working in public accounting for 21 years. But over that time, I gradually kept volunteering and signing up to take on HR responsibilities as I started doing training, first from a technical accounting perspective, and now now I do it from a leadership perspective. Um, I also did recruiting early in my career, which I do now as well. So 21 years in public accounting, I, I did have a real passion for professional services and that movement and that professionalism of that. So decided to jump out on my own in 2010 and uh, do my own thing. And so this 2020 is our 10-year anniversary of serving clients in all areas of HR, from leadership development to career coaching and outplacement to compliance consulting and outsourcing. So it's been an awesome 10 years. Um, Congratulations on the 10 years. And I think it's funny hearing that you say that because I believe a lot of people end up falling into HR versus seeking it out. Um, And we'll probably learn a little bit more about that in the podcast here where we talk about our strengths and such. But it's, it's awesome to have you here. You've got a wealth of knowledge and such a great background. So let's talk a little bit more about um, employee training programs. You mentioned loving training. I, I mind myself, too, have a passion for training, and I believe they can provide so much long-term value. What, which programs do you feel are the most impactful? Yeah, so, of course, 
I think um, Clips and Strengths is one of those that's more impactful, and we'll talk more about that one. But otherwise, I think it's one, it's training can be the most impactive when it really connects with you. And when you're able to implement it right away and keep um, having the opportunity to use the information. And so many times in in my own career and with our clients, I hear that, oh, this training today was awesome and I love it. And then they go back to work exactly the way they've always done it before, right? (laughs) We get so right back into our old habits and we don't implement or have a chance to to follow up or to even to be held accountable for anything that we've learned in training. So anytime when we can have that follow up or accountability, I don't think it matters what the training is, it's to something that changes our behavior. I wholeheartedly agree. Gosh, that's so true. And I think back to years and years of attending not only training, but conferences or events, and you're so fired up for about 24, 48 hours, and then, yeah, exactly falling back into the swing of things. So, well, I I do it myself, so I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm excited to talk about clips and strengths, and I mean, I have to admit, I totally geek out over assessments that allow you to become more self-aware and grow, and, and this was a new one for me, so I recently took it as well. Uh, and I'm in that like super fired up stage, right? I just got my five strengths. I'm, I'm ready to make a difference. Um, so, nice. so let's dive in and let's talk about what exactly Clips and Strengths, the assessment is. Um, so first of all, is it the same thing as Strength Finder? Yes. So little confusion around that, but they did just recently rebrand about uh, midway through 2020. So a lot of books out there, kind of their core book is called Strength Finders. 2.0. Um, so the assessment hasn't changed. The theory hasn't changed. Just the name is now Clifton Strengths. Donald Clifton was the founder of the Strengths Movement. So they're they're kind of paying him homage by inserting his name into the, the title. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. And, and as it should, it is, I think that's a, an important element of of this piece of education. Uh, why do you think, or why did you know the Gallup organization create this particular assessment? Yes. Yeah, so Donald Clifton actually worked at Gallup. So although he was the founder of it, it's the Gallup organization as a whole that created it. And interestingly, they were doing a study on excellence and they were looking at teams and individuals to define when did people or teams most achieve excellence, most often or most frequently or, you know, in the best way possible. So what they discovered was that excellence was achieved when people were using their strengths. At that time, sort of think of the strengths as what do I do best and how can I do more of it? So when people were doing what they did best more often, they were more likely to achieve excellence. So it wasn't an assessment that was created to, it wasn't created to be a personality assessment. It wasn't created as, oh, this is a fun tool, but an actual way of discovering then, okay, if we achieve excellence most often, 
when we're using our strengths, how can we better define what our strengths are? And so the assessment came out of that process. I see. It's, it's quite fascinating. It's, it's such a somewhat simple concept yet right. it, that we haven't you know, tapped into. So it, it really has been a big eye opener for me. Yeah. Tell, me a little, tell me a little bit more about the concept of the naming, claiming, and aiming your strengths. Yeah. That's just the fun little rhyme there. <laughs> right, right. So that, they call that the, it's kind of the core process of understanding your strengths. Number one is naming them, which is really taking the assessment, right? Discovering what are your strengths. Now, I always tell people, technically, you don't really have to take the Clifton Strengths Assessment to discover your strengths, right? I think we all, with some deep thought, could probably come up with five things that we were best at. But yet, most of us, too, I think, tend to think of our strengths in terms of skill sets. Like I might say, well, I'm good at accounting or I'm good at recruiting or I'm good at communicating with other people. But the assessment really dives in deeper than that to say what drives me, what drives me to be good at recruiting, what drives me to be good at communicating. And those are a little more deeper thoughts um, that, that we have to dig into in order to name those. So for $20, you can just go online and use the assessment, and they'll help you name those strengths. The second step, then, is claiming them. So that's where then you say, okay, it's easy to look at your, your top five strengths and think, okay, I've named them, I get them, these are me. But how do we really claim them? How do we really think of examples of how have I used these strengths in the past, even though maybe I hadn't articulated it as my strength before, now that I've named it, how might I go back and think about where did I, where did I use the strength in the past to help me succeed? And I think for most people, again, that's a pretty easy process as well. It's pretty easy to go backwards and say one of my strengths is positivity. And I think it's, it's pretty easy for me to go back and name some, some specific conversations, some actions, some training or speaking I've done where my positivity was a part of it. But the tricky part is the aiming. <laughs> so that's when we say, okay, I know my strengths. I understand how they connect to what I've done and how they've helped me get to where I am today. But the real question is, how will I aim my strengths tomorrow? How will I aim it next week? How will I aim it next year to really help me achieve excellence? So that's where it, it comes back and ties around to thinking about our excellence. And that's not always so easy. So I, I think my positivity is kind of an easy one for people to understand. So I'll stick with that example. When I think, how will I use my positivity tomorrow? If I really think about, okay, what do I have going on tomorrow? What do I have some difficult conversations? Am I training a group 
that is not excited about the train. <laughs> Maybe they're being forced to be there. And how will I use my positivity in those ants in those situations to make a bigger impact on the group, which will allow me to achieve success and excellence, but also to help the conversation or help that training be more fruitful for the people I'm communicating with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to be intentional. A lot of people say too, well, if positivity is a strength, it must, must be natural for you. So why would you have to be intentional about it? It seems like you'd be positive anyway. Well, that's true to some extent. But if you think about, you know, think about an athlete who, you know, just think Peyton Manning, right? He was obviously very skilled as a, as a quarterback. But do you think he didn't practice, <laughs> right? He <laughs> had to be intentional about practicing to make himself better. So he might have been a natural football player in middle school or high school, but that naturalness is not going to get him to the collegiate or the professional level without some discipline and some coaching and hours and hours and hours of practice around it. So we can do that, follow that same philosophy with our own strengths. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm thinking back now to where I'm at. I've done my, my naming and I'm starting to do a little bit of the claiming just while you're talking here. And and I realize the big challenge ahead is going to be the aiming. Um, And it's interesting too, to think how different a course of action or our lives might've taken us had we known these strengths earlier and really tapped in on them. I often wonder if a lot of these younger prodigies of such, uh, you know, when someone recognizes that strength and then just hones in on it, um, they're at such an advantage over the rest of us that maybe, you know, sitting there trying to work on all of our weaknesses, which is typically what we think we need to be doing. So it's really, this is great stuff. So after taking the assessment, I learned that my top strengths, my five are input, harmony, empathy, relator, and developer. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been diving in a little bit more. Some of it made a lot of sense and some of it I had to laugh. I'll just give a little short example for the input one. I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very much an organization. I've got post-it notes. I've got color coordinated everything at checklists. I mean, that is my jam. I mean, if I could do anything, I would be living and working in office max and uh, the container store. But yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, but I'm also really data driven. And so just yesterday I was out with my fiance, we we're going to go cross country skiing and we've got our new puppy with us and we're getting all of our gear on and da, 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 and I'm fumbling around with my watch and he's just kind of standing there rolling his eyes and he's like, uh, and he tells the puppy, Oh mommy, mommy and her data. She's got to start the exercise app. And I said, well, it's one of my strengths, honey. I need this data. I need this input. <laughs> So that I know we're making progress. And, and I kind of love it. I <laughs> but, love it. But it's funny now I can kind of own it as before I probably would have barked it back. And now I'm like, this is my jam. Let, let me let me ride this. This is my strength. Right. Um, so tell me, what are yours? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So mine are maximizer, arranger, positivity, futuristic, and strategic. So interestingly, uh, there are 34 different strengths that Gallup has named. Once again, they didn't set out to say the magic number is 34, but they took, there's thousands of different talents out there, right? We could name different 
talents that people have all day. And what they did is combined them into different, what really they call signature themes. So the theme is a combination of different talents. And then our signature themes become, once we practice them and hone them and aim them, become our signature strengths. Okay. That's awesome. You know, and I noticed on your uh, email, you include your five strengths on your email signature. I do. And our whole team at Purple Ink does that. It's a way for us to sort of put it out there, right? To share Uh our strengths with others and to kind of own it in saying this is who I am. It's also a good reminder for us when I get an email from someone else on my team to just glance at their strengths again, right? Even though I know most all of our team members, anytime I can have those in front of me is a, a good reminder for me to hone into those. I always think, too, since one of mine is positivity, if I'm sending an email that might not come across real uh, (laughs) positive, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I'm putting it out there that I'm a positive person. (laughs) It holds me accountable. (laughs) That's great. I I really like that. I think that's a great idea. I'm excited to bring this uh, more to life within direct employers. So tell me, do you think, is this an assessment for your work, as we kind of talked about work, or for your personal life, or what's your take on that? Yeah, so I think it's about our whole life. Um, Technically, Gallup did create it. Their initial work and study around it was around work teams. So that was their initial thought, is about how people can achieve excellence in their work. But then they actually created a whole division of Gallup around this that worked with faith and your spiritual life and then became really about, this is about all of our life, right? We can use it um, at work. We can use it in our faith. We can use it as a part of our personal life. And I love the story you just shared about you and your fiance, right? Just in a casual simple conversation about how we can understand each other better by talking and using our strengths. I feel like for me that I became a much better mother when I um, understood the strengths of my kids. My kids all took it when they were in their teenage years. And I just wish I had known them even earlier. Uh, But understanding the strength of my kids was such a powerful moment for me and my husband as well. And not only then did we have frequent conversations at the dinner table around our strengths, which I know might sound a little boring until our listeners start to use and implement theirs, but I actually had such a proud mother moment just a month or so ago when my youngest son, who's now 22 years old and getting ready to finish up college, but he called me and asked if I could um, get his girlfriend a code so that he could understand her strengths. And I was like, (laughs) yes, I made an impact on him. Like, he knew that he wanted to know that about 
her, and he wanted to share his strengths with her, too. So it definitely is all-encompassing parts of our life. I couldn't agree more. I, and once I finished it, the first thing I did was turn to, to Dave and said, you've got to do this. I need to know what, what's going on with you. Um, yeah. This works. And it's funny you mentioned that as a parent, I could see definitely wanting to tap in on those strengths. And it, even it's just such a natural thing as a person. I, I don't have children, but like I mentioned, we just got this new puppy and it's a rescue. <laughs> and I was like, I had to do the doggy DNA. I just needed to know. And, and Dave <laughs> had several rescue dogs, has never been inclined to do it. But after reading more about how you train a puppy and a dog, so much of it is about what type of um, breed they are because it's different. Mm. And so finding that she's like a mix of 10 different breeds, almost 10%, um, I'm tapping into, okay, well, what does this breed do well? And how can I help her do that better? I mean, and oh it's, it's, just, gosh, it's so that. interesting how it falls just, you know, in, in all these things. But I've never really thought about doing that with my own self, right? I'm, you know, we tend, <laughs> we tend to want to bring out, well, that's the developer in me, right? I tend to want to bring out the best in everybody else <laughs> and, I, and, exactly. and, you know, and see them achieve and do well. And how can I help them do that? So that, I guess that's why that strength is there for me too. <clears throat> Goodness. All right. Well, I'm getting off track here. So let's go back um, to the point here. I, you know, and I couldn't help but think when I took uh, the assessment, it's 177 questions, takes about half hour. Um, some of them I had to like, and they say to take it rather, you know, quickly go with your first instinct. But when I was thinking back, if I would have taken this in my twenties or in your case, you know, talking about your kids taking you in their teenage years, do you think if, if someone had taken this several years ago, should they take it again? You know, what is that time frame? Cause I'm now in my forties and I'm certainly looking at the world much differently um, than I did in my twenties. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So there's actually a lot of Gallup research around this topic and now jump quickly to another thought that, you know, researchers have said for years that our personalities are really defined by the age of four. And although this is not a personality assessment per se, the, the same concept really applies. And I know it's a hard concept to get or to grasp, right? That we think like, oh, I'm totally different than I was in college. <laughs> I'm totally different now that I'm a mom or now that I'm a leader or now that I have my own business or whatever it might be for people. We think we're different, but our core really does stay the same. So Gallup's advice is to not take it again and especially not to take it once you've had any kind of training on it at all. Because subconsciously, we start to answer questions differently once we understand the philosophy around it a little bit more. Oh, now, okay. I have to admit, I didn't know that myself for a while. So I personally have taken it more than once. And I've talked to hundreds of people who have taken it more than once. And 90% of the time, this is what I hear. And I'll just reflect on my own personal situation. So the second time I took it and I got a whole 34 of my strengths. So you can, you can pay $20 to get your top five. You can pay another $42 to get the, the next 29 all in order. Well, once I had all 34 strengths, then I knew that it appeared 
that my top five had changed, that two of them had changed. But in reality, my top seven are the same. So I think your question was a good one, that would we, in fact, answer all 177 questions exactly the same way? Of course not, right? Of course Mm -hmm. we're not going to answer them all the same way. We might not remember how we answered them five minutes later, much less three, five, ten years later. But it really is our top ten, maybe even up to 12 strengths, that really define who we are. So we might have opportunities to to work or we might even be practicing some more often, whether it's intentional or unintentional. So they might fall out of our top five a bit, but it's very unlikely they're going to fall out of our top 10 to 12. Um, So what I encourage people to do if they're curious about taking it again to see if they've changed is just to pay the $42 and go online and get their, their full 34. And that really will, will provide them with much more information than just taking it again. That, that makes total sense. And I could see that as well, too, as things kind of shift around. Like, as you mentioned, when I, I was first shocked when I saw them, not shocked, but I was kind of like, eh, I was thinking maybe a little bit different on some of them. And that's what I thought more about in my 20s, where I was really like climbing the corporate ladder and just, you know, working to the end of time, trying to get, get make things. And now I'm a little bit older and I've, I've kind of done a lot of that I want. So a lot of those questions that were geared towards you know, uh, the achiever, I think, is what I was thinking. Um, but I think that would still be there, like you mentioned, uh, if I did the full the full one. So that's a good point. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and I mentioned, too, you know, I've, I've loved, I've been very fortunate to work for companies that have allowed me to take several of the, and this one, my goodness, for 20 bucks, I mean, even without being with an organization that would pay for it, I would highly recommend that investment on yourself. But how does this differ from um, assessments like GISC or Myers-Briggs, you know, some of those other ones that are out there? Yeah, I'm sort of an assessment junkie myself, so I <laughs> like all of those. I'm mm-hmm. certified not only in strengths finders, but I'm certified in DISC. Um, I'm certified in predictive index. I've done Myers-Briggs several times. So I think they're all valuable in that they help us learn more about ourselves. Um, but the real power, I think, comes when we can understand the styles of those people around us, right? If we work on the team or our family or a partner or whoever that might be in our lives, it's understanding more about ourselves and being able to articulate that to others and then understanding more about themselves as well. But what I like best about Clifton Strengths is that it really provides us with a roadmap to say, what will I do with this information? And, you know, at a very simplest level is, how will I aim my strengths tomorrow? How will I aim my strengths next week? How I have this meeting or training coming up tomorrow, like I mentioned earlier, how can I and I usually don't try all five of them at the same time, but (laughs) how can I use my positivity? How can I use my futuristic? How can I use my strategic, right? How, 
how can I incorporate some of my strengths in that particular activity so that I can achieve excellence? And if I'm achieving excellence, is likely the conversation is going to be better for everyone, right? The training will be more effective for everyone um, if I'm doing it by achieving excellence. So a lot of the other ones are great information and can help with our conversations and interactions with others, but I don't think they necessarily give us a roadmap on what to do with that information. That's so spot on. I'm looking at my, you know, when we were talking about doing this podcast, I pulled, you know, dug out my last two disc assessments, my Myers-Briggs, and and you're right. I mean, they, they do, they kind of like, uh-huh, yeah, that's me. Okay, I get it, I get it. But there's not much to, to move forward on other than just kind of understanding and accepting who you are. And, and I think the disc particularly, I know with that direct employers, our operations team had, had taken that together, and there was a lot of aha moments not so much on ourselves, but on each other. And, and I mm-hmm. think that's really where I think the DISC was um, very uh, beneficial, where we, we kind of could take a step back and think, oh, okay, th- that's, that's how this person works and, and, and thrives and such. And so that, that makes sense there. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the Clifton Strengths is really, like, I'm fired up to, to hone in on those. And, and I know <laughs> we talked about the top five, and, and you, you expanded about the, the 34 it, you know, it, it, and I was watching, or you know, I've been fortunate enough since I, I know the course that you all have built for direct employers is awesome. I am so excited to get it live and out there. <laughs> and one of the things that you all talk about in the course, though, is a, maybe a time frame uh, about when to, to do all 34, because that, that's a lot of information. I mean, even just the top five to, to hone in. And I like the advice that was given in, in your course, and I don't want to give any spoiler alerts because I'm excited for people to take the course. Um, but but what is your thought? Did, did you go in and do all 34 right away? No, I didn't. Um, I knew my top five for about um, four years before I went back and got all 34. And that's Gallup's um, advice on that is, well, it's interesting. Donald Clifton only wanted people to know their top three strengths. And because he oh. said people couldn't remember more than three, but the Gallup organization really pushed him to say, we got to give people more than this. So he said, okay, let's do five because he felt like, again, that people were not going to focus on them if they couldn't remember them. Sure. So he wanted to stick with a small number originally. So there's technically no magic number on how long you have to wait to get all 34, but we recommend waiting at least six months, maybe even up to a year to give yourself some time to focus on those top five and really figure out how you can aim them to achieve excellence and then go back and get, you don't have to take it again. You just go back out to gallopstrengthcenter.com and uh, log into your account and pay the difference to get your remaining ones. But of course, what do you think is our natural tendency when we get all 34? Everyone wants to see what is at the bottom, right? <laughs> Which is, is actually the whole opposite of what Strength Finders is trying to present, and that is 
focus on your strengths, not your number 34. <laughs> right. That's a great point. And I, I, I like hearing that because part of me thinks, you know, my, here goes my input. I want to, I want to know all the data, right? Tell me everything. Right. So, right. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to slow my role there and just focus on these top five and, and kind of see where that brings me over this next year. I think this is, if anything, a great, a great new year to, to focus in on things that are positive. I think that's that, right. we, we all need to be doing that this year and what better way to do it than, than by starting with ourselves and, and hopefully getting those around us to take this, um, you know, assessment as well. And, and even if you're not a, your strength isn't a developer, I encourage everybody to, to push others along to do their strengths too. So, right. So do I. <laughs> so let's kind of shift gears and tell us a little bit about, you've written books on Joy Powered. Um, how did that connect with the strength? Yeah, so about five years ago, I decided I wanted to write a book, um, which I never thought I would have the patience to do. But I was fascinated in, I at that point, I was doing a lot of interviewing. I spent a lot of my career recruiting others. And I was fascinated that people were so unhappy in their work life and their roles and their careers. And the more and more I talked to people, I just wanted to research that topic of why do you, you know, why have you been in a role for 10 years and you've been miserable? Um, Because I had found in my own career so much joy in what I did. Now that's not to say my career was perfect, right? Or that I, you know, discovered my joy every single day at work. (laughs) But I did when I got to different points in my career where I wasn't finding my joy, I I moved on. And sometimes that was in an internal role. And sometimes that was leaving an organization and going somewhere else. So once I, so I have this fascination. At the same time, I had become certified in as a um, Clifton Strengths career coach. And I putting the two together, I was thinking, how can I help people discover this joy for themselves? So my number one maximizer means bringing out the best in others and or processes. And I just really felt this call to say, how can I help people discover this? And then we went on um, to, so the, although the title is Joy Powered Intentionally Creating Inspiring Workspaces, it's, a, it's not just for leaders or it's not just for business owners to say, how can I do this for my people? It's for every individual to say, how can I find this in my work, right? Because I don't think we can give other people joy. I don't think I can create joy for you, Jen, but I do think that I can help to create a culture where people can discover their joy, and I believe that begins with helping people to utilize and discover their strengths. That's so true. You know, I was just thinking, someone mentioned, this is kind of a common thing people say, but, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. Yeah, we've heard that before, right? And right. Okay. Well, how do we do that, right? <laughs> what right. Does that need, you know. So, but but talking into you know taking that kind of that quote a step further, you know, do what you're good at, 
right? Do what, do what makes your heart happy. Um, and and that's, that's kind of, that's where that joy powered, I think comes in. So that's, that's awesome that you've, um, kind of brought that to the forefront as well. And I think it's so much easier. Like when people say, you know, do what you love and you think like, Oh, well I like playing the piano. So that means my career has to be as a piano player. Well, no, it can mean I love bringing out the best in other people. So how can I have a career where I can bring out the best in other people? That's a much easier process than turning your hobby of piano playing into a full-time business. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so many more opportunities to do that with our strengths. Right. So true. Well, as I mentioned before, we are excited to have your course that you all have created around this assessment. We'll be putting that in our DE Academy, which will be going live. That's one good thing we're looking forward to in 2021 um, here in a few months. So people will be able to um, not only log on and take clips and strengths, but I think the, the key is what you mentioned, that aiming and that following up, uh, which is where your course ties in. But in the meantime, how can listeners find out maybe a little bit more about clips and strengths? Yeah, so, um, yes, taking the course would be a good start, but also you can go to gallopstrengthcenter.com. Or even if you just Google um, Strength Finders or Clifton Strength, it almost always will take you to the Gallup Strength Center website, and you can read articles and research and information out there. And then you can also sign up to take the assessment as well. There are also probably 15, 20 different books out there that have been written by people with the Gallup organization. Strength Finder 2.0 is sort of a their core one that you can get and um, read and learn more about it as well also. Awesome. That's, that's good. And I, after taking your course here, I know there's also uh, an app that I just downloaded this morning, so I can kind of stay on course there too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Like I said, I, I just took the assessment, so I'm extremely fired up. We're so fortunate to be partnering with you to get this into our academy um, and one of the things that we do on our podcast here, you know, we like to keep it light. We're talking often a lot about HR and compliance. So I think this has been a really good topic, especially for the new year. Um, but we like to ask five questions just in if of you um, or whoever is our um, kind of partner in the podcast. So if you don't mind, just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay. All right. So if you were running for office, what would your campaign slogan be? Let's do this. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. Um, and how about, are you a morning person or a night owl? Total morning person. Very good. Very good. Um, and if you're willing to say, what is your weird, what, what is one of your weird quirks? So it doesn't sound so weird that I would say that I'm a reader until I tell you that I've actually read 107 books in 2020. So input is my number six. And oh. that's what drives me to be. Uh, that's my way of getting information is via reading. That's awesome. I That is a very admirable goal. I have got a goal every year, too, to read more. And uh, one thing COVID has provided is I've yeah. learned to switch more 
you can only do Netflix for so long. And finally, right. I signed up, signed up for the Kindle Unlimited and have been really enjoying getting my, my input fixed as well via reading. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what is one thing that either you would put or maybe already is on your bucket list? I want to go to the Olympics. And I actually had tickets to the Olympics in 1996 in Atlanta. And I ended up um, delivering a baby during the Olympics, which, of course, was even more beautiful. But I've always still wanted to go. Wow. And I was just hearing lately there's going to be some new fun Olympic sports, including uh, breakdancing, I believe, maybe. uh, Yes. The cut. So, <laughs> a little, yeah, rocking back to our 80s. I'm excited to see how that goes. That is some true talent. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. finally, so what are you currently learning or, or reading up on that, that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Well, so, of course, I'm reading about all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> so, but one thing in particular is actually, I'm still always near and dear to Clifton's drinks, but I just took a new assessment from Patrick Lencioni called Your Genius, Understanding Your Genius. So I'm learning more about that right now. Oh, I'm already uh, tapping into our next uh, DE Academy course then. You've got to okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the hook for that one. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, as a manager, I, I feel like this assessment, as we talked about, it, it's a good tool for teams. It's a good tool personally for your growth um, to utilize and set people up for success. Your team has created this course specifically for our academy, and it helps individuals go beyond just receiving the assessment. But as I mentioned, in fact, maximizing on that information by teaching us how to utilize our strengths to reach our full potential. Um, as mentioned, the DE Academy will go live in the spring of 2021. Um, and I highly encourage all of our listeners to look into this course. Uh, and in the meantime, or beyond, if you'd like to contact Jody and her team um, after the podcast, Jody, what's the best way for our uh, listeners to reach you? Yeah, I think going to our website, which is www.purpleinkllc.com, and then my picture's on that front page, and you can click on there and send me an email or also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm J-O-D-E-E Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S. And I was going to plug, I love the spelling of your name. I think that's so cool. <laughs> Being a little different and unique. Coming from a Jennifer, you know, there's there's these common names. It's neat to right. out. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, you know, Jody, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much for all of your insight and for creating this course for our not only our members, but uh, the general public. We look forward to getting it live and, and keeping in touch. Yeah, thanks so much. What a pleasure. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the DE Talk podcast. Stay connected with direct employers on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive notifications of new episodes each month.